What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I'm joined by Reinhard von Krieger. What's up, dude? Not much. Uh, super excited to be back for season six. Oh, yes. man. Yes. Oh. Yes. Excited. Yeah, and there's, um, there's so much. And, yes. So and all right, hang on, hang on. And Jack, the intern. What's up, Jack? What's going on, guys? All right. That's the panel for tonight. It's just the three of us. We have a guest coming on the show. Yes, it is season six. Shortest season break ever, thanks to the inauguration shenanigans or lack of or whatever. I don't know. We're still, the jury's still out on what the hell happened or didn't happen or is going to happen or I guess we got to wait till March, but you know, I got plenty of popcorn. Uh, but yeah, welcome to season six, guys. Season five was, it seemed never ending. Season six is going to be so much worse. <laughs> well, yeah. We've it's... had so many things throughout season five that have the broken people's paradigms down. Um, season six, I hope, will actually help people along and show them how much more, like, we have new stuff to bring, so I'm super excited. But tonight, <laughs> we have more things to make you feel bad about. Yeah, this season, a lot more things to uh, a lot more paradigms to to, to blow it. Yeah, yeah, it's not just tranny stuff. Uh, there's probably going to be more of that. Dog, speaking of tranny stuff, Dogbot is not with us tonight. Um, he is uh, doing some chupacabra related uh, things. I'm sure. Uh, but he will be with us on the midweek next week. So yes, uh, no dog bots on the opening. And Brad is probably like, I don't know what Brad's doing, but Brad's, Brad's probably doing his, his wrestling podcast, um, which is my shilling for Brad. Wow. No, Are you I, telling me it's that. just you and me. Yeah. It's just you and me and Jack and a guest. Uh, we have. A guest tonight. Uh, you, want to, you want to? Let's just jump right into it. Right into it, Mr. Jonathan McCormick. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you, brother. Well, right on, and thanks for coming on. Uh, you have, dude. It uh, is. Oh, go, go ahead, Reinhardt. Say hi. No, I was just gonna say it's great to have you on. <laughs> There's our internet delay. Yes, it yeah, is great, great to have to you. Here. I appreciate. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, we're gonna have a delay. Damn it! All right, let's try and let's try and work around the delay. I think we can do it. There's just three of us. Um, but yes, you. I I was introduced to you on Facebook. One of our listeners told me that I needed to read your blog, and I did. And it was really good. It was very cool, and it was very paranormies related content. I was very impressed. I, I liked it a lot. And uh, pretty much everything I've read on your blog is like paranormies type content, stuff we talk about a lot. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about like what you like to write about? Well, I mean, probably the stuff you guys dig. I and mean, I love conspiracy stuff. I love writing about the Nephilim, paranormal events, New World Order. You know, all the craziness with the Claus Schwab and the fourth reset. I mean, to me, it all comes together. The occult, you know, there's always a spiritual aspect to it all. You know, the whole uh, technocracy that's coming. I mean, to me, it's all of one piece, you know, and I can kind of see just coming together. 
the spirituality, the technology, the economics. And uh, so I kind of try and take like a big view approach to it, you know? Well, it comes, it comes together into that, that post-human world, right? Like that it's, it's literally the promise of like, you will ascend to be like the gods. You will ascend to be like the most high kind of thing. Um, that's what it's all going towards, right? No, no, absolutely. It's funny. If you go to like Claude Schwab's, you go to the, um, the, uh, the World Economic Forum, they actually <laughs> have an article, Transhumanism, What It Means For You. And I mean, that's pretty frightening I'm telling you that they're actually into transhumanism. Oh, yeah. And, well, uh, yeah, like you would play you, – you play Cyberpunk 2077. I played the game extensively, yeah. and it is it is actually – to me, the first time I played it was like the the post, post-human, post, um, uh, post-raptured kind of world. Everything is just full on transhumanism, just run wild. Everyone, like no one dies. You meet characters who who have extended their lifetimes two hundred years. Yeah, um, I think and that's that's what we're going towards. That's what they want. Yeah, I think they're preparing us. I, I mean, it's funny because right. if even if you read Klaus Schwab's book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. He talks about how he wants to free people from the flesh. He wants to integrate AI into humanity. And, uh, I, I mean, it's terribly frightening. And, of course, the people who control the technology are only going to be, like, at the top, you know. Right. But uh, right. It, it's also an entire psychological thing because, you know, if you told people in the 50s, like, yeah, we're thinking about, uh, you know, merging you with the computer. I mean, they think you're insane, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, it, it would just it'd be completely against it. They had no reference point. Well, but now, in- actually, it makes sense, and it seems inevitable. When it- we have these grin technologies, um, the whole grin technology situation is, I mean, it's, it's all based around uh, creating genetic engineering in the home. We've got people across the world outside of America. America has incredibly limiting, uh, quote, limiting uh, laws against genetic engineering and biometric engineering. Other countries don't because they don't know about it. So we have doctors in Cyberpunk 2077, for example, they're called Ripper Docs. You have these Ripper Docs in like backwater areas you have these in anywhere from thailand to south america wherever that are willing to perform procedures to change anything from your eyes to your uh your feet you're talking about in the game though what whatever it is no real life oh okay well you keep referencing cyberpunk 2077 so yeah yes because it's it's a very easy um uh, it's a very easy example okay, that people well, are seeing nowadays. Okay, hang, hang, right, 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 hang tight. But they're coming, but it's in real life. Right. Yeah, well, it's absolutely coming. Uh, you know, on the World Economic Forum, they even talk about how in within 15 years, they want to have over 30 trillion nanotechnology that you kind of swallow or is implanted in you, and it gives right. kind of biometric reading. Mm-hmm. And uh, they call it the Internet of Bots. 
And yeah. so every person will have a digital double. You, well, know? you already do and, uh, every, pretty and, much. And it'll give you already do right now. There's uh, like this. There is out there. There. What do you think? Google and like Facebook and all these these data centers that are that are popping up. They're you know the size of ten city blocks, and there's three of them next to each other out in the woods in Virginia and, and in Nebraska and in Ohio, and uh, they're huge. And they're data storage facilities. Then they store everything you look at, see, you know, uh, think. Right now, I think it's getting to the point where like if you've thought it your phone will pop it up. And the digital you is already a better version of you, a more easily recognizable version of you than you. And they're just going to implant. You're talking about Schwab talking about nanotechnology. Um, they're already, I'm pretty sure that this COVID vaccine has a little something to do with that. I know that uh, both Merck, was it not Merck? Um, Pfizer has a lot invested into uh, nanotechnology and the mRNA is what's the, the Moderna. That's the one that's the, uh, yeah. Cause that's not doing anything to you changing your RNA. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the COVID at, at the very least, it's an excuse, you know I mean? Mm -hmm. One of the reasons that they're going to make you get all this kind of nanotechnology so they can monitor your, uh, your health in real time. And, uh, you know, they're kind of selling it like, well, you know, this will be able to track you. And if someone has COVID, we'll be able to, you know, get get you all this, uh, you know, tech and health right away. Right. It's kind of just the excuse, you know. Well, it's and, the uh, typical Hegelian dialectic, that problem, reaction, solution. They they create the problem, the reaction that they have already mapped out with their supercomputer. Like every they've gamed this out. I mean, like they did Event 201. They gamed out. A uh, a quote coronavirus outbreak. Um, they you know they knew what to expect. The supercomputer told them you know what the scenario would turn out to be, and here we are. You know here we are. Mass vaccinations. Uh, how many billion vaccinations did did uh, Joe Biden say would vaccinate three hundred people? That retard. I know. Well, the sad thing though is that you know it's all becoming an algorithm. Mm -hmm. So even the people in control are really being what to do uh because it's like some weird it's almost like a like a satanic algorithm yeah. a spiritual alg algorithm mm -hmm. uh, well I, I do believe that you know it's funny because rudolf steiner I'm, I'm really not into all that he's kind of like a weird esoteric anthroposophist but he had this idea that um you know, one of the satanic spiritual figures was going to incarnate into technology itself, you know. So hmm. if you can imagine there's kind of spirits out there, they're disincarnate, they need a body. Uh, kind of like the Internet is kind of its body, you know, it has its own technologic. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's funny, even David Bowie was saying, you know, yeah. if you want to talk about alien intelligence, the Internet is alien intelligence. Well, you know? one thing... One thing about that, I mean, we have the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, which are demons. They are the demonic spirits of the earth. Um, that's that's what I believe about transhumanism. Is transhumanism is a completely demonic deception. It is a completely demonic idea, a campaign um, to destroy the at least half of humanity that is there you take away half of humanity and i keep using cyberpunk as a as a reference <laughs> because it's so easy <laughs> because we take 
our body. We split it with mechanics, with cybernetics that have nothing in there. We, we have a soul. Cybernetics house nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. And well, these spirits, these beings are able to come in. They want to use that. That. That's right. What that's they want. well. That's it's what a combination. They always wanted. Right. And they're well. It's you know. It's the the cybernetics in conjunction with uh, consumerism and porn and all the other uh, psychological means of yes, getting because yourself. they want to feel. Right. They, right. They want to feel. They want to fuck. They want to. Uh, taste, whoa, whoa, drink, Reinhardt! It's the first. Everything. It's the first they, hour. They it's the family-friendly first hour, buddy. You gotta be careful. I'm sorry. <laughs> they want to be just kidding. No, I know. I, it's disgusting. Sorry, but, I'll be I'll okay. Disney-friendly. They want. <laughs> okay, but they, Reinhardt, they Reinhardt, stop again. Time out. Time out. Stop, Reinhardt. Stop. We have a guest. Yeah, that's okay. I, you know, but I, that saucy language doesn't bother me. No, I'm not worried about know? the guest. I want to hear. I, I'm I, not worried I, about I, the I, language, dude. I want to hear what you have to fucking say. Well, I mean, I 100 percent agree. I mean, it's funny because there's the guy uh, Yuri Harris. He wrote. Uh, he's the Israeli author. He wrote Deuce Homo, hmm. and uh, he kind of talks about soon. There's going to be two religions. It's going to be transhumanism. That's kind of how getting machines in our in our mind to serve us. Mm-hmm. But then the next religion is going to be dataism, and dataism was instead of machines serving us, we're going to serve the machines because eventually the AI, it's gonna it has more intelligence than us. It's going to be able to collate more data mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to decisions. You know, I can't make a decision. I don't know the future, but AI can predict it pretty well, you know, based on my genetics and health and everything going on in the world. So we'll actually just end up serving the data, you know, which is always what happens. I I mean, you know, a technology, you Mm -hmm. know, first, you know, we control the technology, then the technology controls us. But it gets to the point where it really is kind of a, a technologic and it's funny because of all people, Gorbachev wrote an article a couple years ago, and his thing was, you know, it's inevitable that soon we're going to have technology structuring our society, but when AI does it, it's probably going to start structuring in a way that's entirely alien to us humans, mm-hmm. and we won't be able to predict anything. The world will become entirely alien. The economy, the way, you know, we have a human way of thinking about the world and processing things of a uh, gathering in people like having families makes sense to us to a computer it might not you know and it'll construct uh the world in its own kind of a lot technological way and and i do completely believe that and the funny thing is is you know even Klaus schwab in his book the fourth generation he even says like by 2045 will there even be humans huh. There might not. I mean, well, by that time, we'll be so enmeshed in this nanotechnology. And, uh, I, think, I think that's the point, is oh. for there to be no humans. Not not true, full, Adamic, like, Cro-Magnon humans. Everyone is going to be a hybrid or mm-hmm. worse. Well, that's they've been prepping people for well, that. That's with the uh, entire point. Yeah, we remember the whole like you know National Geographic has predicted what you know humans will look like in twenty thirty five, and it's beautiful, like all those stupid things, the the, the projections. Um, and you've got you've got Joe Biden before talking about there won't even be white people in the United States by twenty forty, and that's a good thing. 
Um, but Schwab is like on another level with this, this no humans whatsoever. They're on, they're, that's a slippery slope. Like once you, once you get into this, this, you know, is it Georgia Guidestones type stuff? They're going to get down to, what is it? 90 million or 9 million, whatever it is. What's the number? It was something like that. Mm. But, uh, but is that going to be like, I, is this part of that, well, well, you know? Uh, yeah, I believe it. I, I mean, the guy wrote Dusoma, the planting, he says, you know, right now, humans to apes, by 2045, it, the, the genetically enhanced humans, the ones that merge with AI, it will be like, you know, regular humans will, will be as if apes to them. Mm-hmm. Because we'll, uh, basically it'll be, it'll be so far advanced, it'll be essentially another species, you mm-hmm. know. And I mean, I'm Orthodox Christian. So I, I, I kind of do believe that, um, you know, we are made in the image of God. We do image something, you know. When, when they say image of God, that's kind of we're supposed to be an icon of God or at least some higher power. Sure. Right. And, you know, and, and this is the same thing with transgenderism. It destroys the image of God, you know, man and female. Right. Well, this and, yeah. This idea of male and female, everything, this idea of mankind has been destroyed for over 250 years. It started in, at least in, in America and the Western world, really with uh, Charles Darwin's nice little, um, his evolution, his origin of the speary, uh, species. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, that's. That's the other thing, you know, you talk about AI. Well, AI, to most people, that's just natural evolution. And I mean, survival of the fittest. Right. I I mean, if we're just if if we're the way we are just from blind chance, Mm -hmm. there's nothing special about that. Why don't we take destiny and we make ourselves into something completely different? Why do that? That exactly is the point of Frederick Nietzsche. That's <laughs> that's the point of the new religion, which uh, several authors, but one that I've enjoyed over the years, uh, Timothy Alberino, is called the new religion, is the Overman, the Ubermensch. That's the entire point of all that, the will to power, to become like the gods, right? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's an aversion. It's funny because in most religions – you know, you want to go, you, you, you don't really believe in progress. You don't believe in evolution. You don't become, you don't believe that you become different than human. You go up, you go vertical. You mm. want to get closer to God. You want to become a saint. But if you destroy the transcendent, there's no above. There's only horizontal. You, you can't go above. You can't go up. You can only go forward. And the forward has to be progression. It has to be something more. And, uh, yeah, the Nietzschean Uberman is kind of like an inversion of what a religious saint would be. And, right. Uh, yeah, and, and it ties into the idea of evolution. The only way – if you want to be better, the only way to get better is to go forward, you know? The thing about that is it – look, Darwinism has no endpoint. That that was a massive red pill for me. Darwinism has no endpoint. Nietzsche philosophy – the will to power, the Ubermensch, is the endpoint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that true. is the endpoint is to ascend. It is to ascend to be like the Most High. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, that's, uh, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, you know, the most tired, I mean, you know, the, the, the idea of what heaven is uh, or like a Tao uh, is, is a way things are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So we don't have just blind matter and, and dirt and material and atoms. It's supposed to be ordered towards a certain way, you know, and that includes the way things are supposed. That's how we live, but also that's animals and there's oh. certain boundaries. And uh, to cross those boundaries is somehow obscene. Now, if you told someone in the 50s about genetic engineering and this, that, the other thing, they would be morally revolt. They'd have a visceral reaction, and they would say, "This is unholy. This is obscene." But those terms don't make sense to anyone today, because when they look out, they don't see anything. They don't, there's no transcendent. What they just see blind matter that we can use our will and our power to shape in any way, and that includes ourselves. I mean, why should there mm-hmm. be a male and female? Why not just make up other sexes? And in fact, why not just mash up people and animals? I, I mean, if there's no way things are supposed to be, then we get to decide. I, I mean, you know, the funny thing, though, is C.S. Lewis used to write about this is, uh, you know, when we when we try to take over nature, man doesn't take over nature. The top one percent takes over nature. Right. And then, ironically, if there's nothing above them, then what are they acting upon? Mm-hmm. Well, it's just nature that their own nature they're acting upon. If they're not if they're not structuring their decisions upon a moral code or a transcendent source, they're just going by their own nature. So the controllers themselves are being controlled by their own nature. And as hum- humans, we know that uh, you know our own nature is like pretty base unless we actually uh, shape and conform it to some kind of transcendent deal. So I-, I mean, when you think of what a human should be, religions usually have a source. If you're Christian, a human should be kind of like Christ. You know, right. if you're a pagan, you know, humans should sort of be like this god or that god. But right now, what should a human be? Probably someone is going to think, well, whatever the neoliberal establishment tells them it should be, but it's probably going to be, you know, someone very powerful. And, uh, you, you know, the other piece of this, it's funny, you know, like um, people think it's going to be like 1984 or Brave New World where these uh, these shady men are forcing people to get genetically modified but uh, instead, Heidegger kind of said, you know, that's not how it is. And we're not going to have people forcing you. We're going to have people internalizing these values. So they'll actually want to do these things. They'll be begging right. to be transformed. They'll be begging to get their genetics altered. And uh, you, you saw this. I mean, just a small example is, you know, we thought, you know, it's going to be like 1984 censoring everyone. Well, what we saw actually was people begging to be censored. When they censored Trump's Twitter, everyone was like, that's great, they should do that. Mm-hmm. We need to censor people, we need hate speech laws. Right. And uh, you know, if you told people in the 50s and 60s that, you know, they'd be like, no, this is, uh, you know, no one should uh, censor us, you know. But now we've internalized these values, we want to be censored. Mm-hmm. In the future, we'll be begging to be enslaved, we're begging to be turned into these robotic beings. Because that's what we'll see. 
And, and really, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, it won't be these controllers, you know, forcing these things on us. It will be people begging the controllers to, to give them this technology. They'll want to be better workers. They'll want to be, uh, be infused with AI. And the funny thing is, if you go to like the World Economic Forum and look at all the transhumanism that they're pushing, they've always little graphics of these happy brown, black and white people and Chinese people. And they're all kind of like half machine and they're a little cartoonish and they all look very happy. And, uh, you know, kind of like that's what they're selling. You know, if you want to be, you know, you talk about diversity, you know, they want to be, you know, more than human. They want, you know, they, they want this kind of, a, you know, tech diversity. And, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of think this is the next stage in evolution. It's completely natural. And uh, it, it's funny because I, I did talk about in the article, The Great Reset, how um, they came out uh, in 1968, the uh, Stanford Research Institute came out with a little booklet called The Changing Image as a Man. And they said, basically, whoever controls the image of the future will control the future. Mm -hmm. Because what you want to do is you want to make the future look like it's inevitable. It's not something that we're planning to do. This is something that's just happening. Right. And the only chat is to go along with it. And, and to be honest, they did a great job. So I look at Klaus Schwab and I think this global technocracy, you know, in my mind, I'm actually like, yeah, that's kind of is inevitable. Isn't that the way it has to go? I mean, I kind of, even me, I've like internalized this idea where there really isn't even an alternative. You know, I mean, this is just, you know, the technology demands we do this. We have to listen to technology. You, the you technology know? demands we give into the black magic right. that goes along with apparently this new technocracy. I, I know. That's, that's the point. It's, it's almost like humans aren't planning this future. Uh, the technology demands that we change our very humanity and society. We rearrange right. our planet. Why? You're right. It's not humans. Well, that's the thing. Is, well, the hang on, hang on. The only way for the future. Now, the only way they could have done, like, for example, like the globe, uh, realm wide. We use that term around here to say global uh, pandemic. Uh, the only way they could have gotten everybody in step was to have some sort of a uh, supercomputer simulation type thing manipulating everything all at once. There's no other way. I mean, Skull and I have talked about this quite a bit. There's no other way that every country could have fallen into lockstep with this COVID thing had there not been some sort of AI in charge. You all, yeah, and I mean, collaborate everything. I mean, it's mm. amazing within like two weeks. It's funny because the UN was like, yeah, don't wear masks. It's no mm -hmm. big deal. And then, like, within two weeks, every country was like, yeah, you, you got to do that or else everyone will die. Yes. And uh, also you'll go to jail. And now, so, wait, wait, now you got to wear four country, masks. You know, decide in two weeks again to lockstep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and exactly. In countries – All these countries are purging their, their, um, their heads of state, their heads of senates, congresses, equivalent – of course, um, several of these countries are doing this across the EU. So what's going on? 
<laughs> right. <laughs> well, no, it's, it, it's true. But what's really mind blowing is, uh, we, you know, we were talking about how, you know, soon we'll have a uh, biometric double, a digital double. Sure. And, uh, you know, so right now this is happening in, in Estonia and Israel's taking this on. And actually Israel is working in Rhode Island now to help Rhode Island get a virtual government. And the idea is that <laughs> borders, what? borders are fake, right? <laughs> so just because I've never been to Israel and I've never set foot in that country, why can't I be an Israeli citizen in my virtual digital double? And so Estonia actually has this right now that I can be an Estonian, even though I've never been to Estonia, but like, you know, once you have that magic dirt there, like what makes an American? Is it you just walk on the dirt and poof, you're an American? Well, if that's what's true, then why can't someone in Mexico, why can't someone in the Middle East be an American? So they're trying to come up with this idea called digital government. And actually, Israel is actually working with Rhode Island right now to get a digital government for Rhode Island. Because the idea is that what if you have health insurance in Rhode Island and you go to another state? Mm-hmm. Well, can't you technically still be a resident of Rhode Island even if you don't live there? So let's have a virtual government where even if you don't live in Rhode Island, you can still technically be a resident. They want to take that and globalize it to a national level where there are no borders, right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of just make a deal um, w- with that government. You become a citizen of the government. Part of your taxes right. will automatically go to them, and they will deliver you certain health services in the country that you're in because everything will be connected. I mean, th- this is scheduled. You know, They're hoping to have something like this in 15, 20 years. Yeah, this, this is this- the beginning of this idea. This is the big. This is the big new world order push. This is the global governance, the one world system, one world healthcare system. Uh, you're a global citizen. You're not just a citizen of. That's with all these unions, you know. And plus, I guess uh, colonization and what is it like right of return? Why all the Africans are in France now, right? It's because of that. Uh, but there's. I mean, there have been small pushes throughout history. Now, you know, it gets bigger and bigger. You have the UN, the United States. The United States is simply, and I've said this for a while, the United States of America is simply a bunch of small countries put together like a Soviet Union style. I mean, it's called the United States. Like, I don't know. You know how much more communist you can get. It should be. It should be kingdoms, fiefdoms. Right. uh, (laughs) Right, right, right. Small um, areas, please. But, bring back feudalism. Right, but uh, dude, I'd love to be a surf, oh, yeah, just no, to work 100%. all day and like keep my stuff. Oh my god, yeah, it would be so awesome. No, absolutely. I mean, it's funny, man. You know, surfs—they had a home, they had a family, they had land, uh, yep. they lived there, and uh, you know, even the king, the king, you know, was right there. I mean, if she went bad, you knew where to hang the person who was, <laughs> right. uh, you know, right. in trouble. I, I mean, I. I to be a surf man you know please sign me up you know i mean right now we're gonna be serfs but without the family without the home and without the land and without freedom yep. you know i i, I mean it, it, it's pretty insane Wait, you know what you get vidya you get amazon tv i, I you get I, cooking shows i no i i know i'm sure they'll give me like a sex bot or you know the computer <sighs> some sort of flashlight that will come out Porn. and will pleasure yep. me while i uh, yep. 
Right. Yep. While you're well, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, while you're getting your while you're having your government mandated mangina stretched. I mean, I never no, thought absolutely. Sam Hyde didn't That's go far enough. Sam Hyde did not go far enough. He said state enforced homosexuality. He didn't say he didn't say state enforced transgenderism. That's that's uh, on his I way. Mean, he did say we're just going to kill him. So no. it'll be state enforced mm. robosexuality. Right, right. There's that too. Yeah. Same thing. I hope. For, yeah. yeah, I mean, data. That's the that's the, the transhuman take. That, that's a, you know if, unless you're willing to like date your washing machine you know I mean it's a little racist it's a little you know robophobic. Whoa, whoa you don't want, yeah you don't you don't want to marry your refrigerator what's wrong with you? I know no it's it's terrible you won't get your like Amazon food pellets uh, delivered to you for being a robophobe. Right. Well, that's I I've been saying that I never went that far with it but I've always said that I can't wait for my Amazon refrigerator to not let me have any food because I said a racism in the other room. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, the funny thing is, you know, this is what Bloomberg's doing with smart cities. But, uh, I mean, th this is part of Klaus Schwab, too. I mean, even the cities, you'll own nothing but be happy. Yeah. You know, you'll have automatic cars. They'll come, they'll Uber, they'll take you. But, you know, I, I mean, you can get – this is the thing. When you get hooked up to the whole government and the world order – you will be, you know, if they don't like you, they'll cut off those services. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. you, you'll go you're out. going and, to like it. Oh, absolutely. You know, you're reveling in it. Eating yeah. bugs and reveling in it. Well, well, living in North Korea. Well, actually, South S Korea. Cause speaking North of. Korea, best Korea. Speaking of the bugs. Um, uh, speaking of the bugs. Do you guys think that Bill Gates is now the United States' largest landowner. Um, I think it's because he's going to be farming bugs. I think that's what it's for. That's I think my, it's bug opinion. farming for all of us to eat. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Personally, the protein. I think he the is the greatest humanitarian mm. to give us all these bugs. He's, he cares about people so much. <laughs> Bill Gates cares. This This college dropout cares so much. About us, that you know, he's decided to. God, I love college dropouts. Right? There's so many college dropouts that become billionaires. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, that's a whole I other. Know. Well, you know, if you read about him, the you know, the government helped him and you know floated him while you know worked oh, of with the military and you know. No, 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 no. Of course, every single one of those stories is never the way that they play it on the fucking movie on the uh, TNT movie of the week or whatever it is. You know, or, or was Zuckerberg's movie? Uh, like Zuckerberg didn't I think Zuckerberg made Facebook. No, it, it, that's totally government. The CIA is behind that. You've got um, it's like Elon Musk. He's just a front. Uh, Bill Gates is a lot of government Wait, funding. Are you sure Michael Sarah didn't didn't make Facebook? No. But uh, funny, so yeah, everyone actually. It's funny, so many liberals look at Mark Zuckerberg. You know how many times there are people like, you know, we need a president like Mark Zuckerberg, you know? I mean, he's going to get things done. You know, he, like, pops up on Saturday Night Live and people go wild and clap. I mean, you know, the technocrats are kind of like our kings now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, yeah, B Bill Gates, uh, I mean, you know, it's funny. I actually saw Melinda Gates, you know, his – I don't know if he, she's – Really, a woman? I I have no idea. I mean, she's, she's not. Really <laughs> she's not. I knew that was gonna come up. She's not. I, she might be in the film. Um, I, I don't know, not. but she actually had. 
She kind of had like an upside down cross at one point, which is like, yeah. really, you know, people are like, well, that's St. Peter's cross. I, I don't know. Uh-uh. There is that. Well, it's yeah, not just her. Big one. It's not just her. I've seen like, uh, like British royalty wearing, you know, that kind of same sort of stuff. And it's like, wait a minute. That's not just jewelry. These people know what they're doing. Um, same with like Anderson. What's her name? Vanderbilt there with the, uh, the sacrifice to Moloch. In the picture, like they know what they're doing. Victoria, this- it was uh, Victoria Vanderbilt. Right. The Victoria, picture with right. Anderson Cooper and his brother, his brother underneath the moon goddess. Right. I yeah. know. I saw yeah. that. And I was, did you know? <gasps> did you notice how like how many pillows were on that bed? Like I, I just Dude. have a. I just have a theory, like, that many pillows will make your kid gay. I, I just, <laughs> many pillows will, will do that. The only pe- well, one of them's gay. The other one apparently threw himself off, off like, roof. the 23rd story. Apparently. Yeah. That's what happens, you know. Right. Yes. Off, what, what, third story, so 30 feet? Was it third? Really? I thought it was 23rd. I thought it was, like, way up there. Third story, I thought. Is it there? I don't know. Whatever, whatever. He threw himself off. Oh, I thought it was third. Uh, whatever. Who, who cares? It's some. It's Anderson Cooper. It was a gay roof. It was a gay roof. It, Anderson it Cooper's a, a faggot. Um, yeah. yeah, but I don't know. It didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. All right, back to the actual. Back to the back to the topic. Where were we? We were talking about Nephilim and Melinda Gates. Melinda Gates and Bill Gates. Um, by the way. I read the thing that somebody posted on Telegram today about Bill Gates and him being um, a member of the tribe and how his father converted by just saying he was Catholic or Christian, just saying he was Christian, excuse me. He's one of many famous Christian Jewish converts. If you look at the pictures of his parents and his mother too, his mother uh, even had a painting commissioned to make her look whiter. The Gates... Both Bill Gates' so parents are supposedly Jewish. Conversos? They're well, they're yeah, they're conversos, but not Spanish. I mean, they're just like Ashkenazi conversos. Mm. Yeah, they're they're just See, crypto. I've, they're just crypto. I have, and he took on the name Bill Gates Jr. He took on the name Bill Gates Jr. as opposed to Bill Gates the second because it made him seem less of an elite. Huh? Wow, it really worked. Oh yeah, he's a working class guy. Yes. My uh, my Spanish Inquisition roots are freaking tingling right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think well, that's <sighs> the thing is you have all these. Okay, so you've got Bezos, you got Bezos, who's a the uber rich Jew. You mm-hmm. have uh, you have Gates, who's an uber rich crypto Jew. You've got Elon Musk, who is most likely crypto, and he's a fraud. <laughs> besides all that stuff, um, Zuckerberg, super rich Jew. So these technocrats, these kings. Now you have, now you have these Jewish techno kings over the people. Pretty interesting. Don't forget retard sixty nine four twenty, who's done all this just totally legitimately. Who's taken all this money? Who you talking about? Are you talking about? Are you talking about the no. the Wall Street all, thing? All these guys who have taken this money from these hedge funds. Oh, we're not we're not we're not switching topics like that. We're not switching topics like that. Hang on. Um, no, uh, no, no. Just saying. Technocrat. Well, well, you know, if you really want, well, if you really want to know who's who's, well, you know, we're talking about all this biometric data. I mean, if you really want to get into it. And uh, so, so I mean, the theory is everyone's going to have, you know, that the theory is there's going to be 30 trillion nanotechnology. Mm-hmm. We're all going to be hooked up. We're all mm-hmm. going to be uh, uh, monitored in real time. 
and this is going to get resources and health and this mm-hmm. that other thing. So this is all set. So who who and you know the fourth industrial revolution will be that every business will have a social impact uh, report, and mm-hmm. even humans will have a social impact report. You know how much their health, you know what they're going to give to the system, right? Uh, all that. So who's collecting all this data? And believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, it's actually Israel. Oh no! And uh, you can Google this. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, Israel. Yeah, you can it's funny it you say Google year. that because Is- it's it's yeah they're the ones that are collecting the data for Israel. It's Google and Alphabet, and that all goes back. You know through, what, Jack Duck yeah. Go that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you, you can Google Israel and Impact Nation. But, but so Israel is going from a startup nation to an impact nation. Right. And that means it's goes. Huh? No, I said on that subject, they just said that they were ready to step in if the United States starts faltering as a superpower and Israel would take the United States' place. Um, aside from that, they have right. been for the past at least 10 years uh, working to become the world's leader in, uh, in IT. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. I'm about. They absolutely will be. I mean, Israel will rule the world within 20 years. And they already actually, do. This is what they, no, but they already asking. do. That's the thing. They they're do, at, right quietly. <laughs> they're, they're asking for $30 trillion by 2030 to get all this tech up for the fourth industrial revolution. Um, right now, they have $78 billion, uh, which is a lot of money for this. They're asking for thirty trillion by two thousand thirty, and they're saying that this will the, the there's there's for thirty trillion investments, and they're probably right. You'll be able to make about three hundred trillion dollars, and so they have all these tech startups, and so and and if the guy down the street wants to open up a pizzeria, you're gonna have to have a social impact report. You're gonna have to have how much pollution it has, this that the other thing. You know if there's gonna be extra traffic, mm-hmm. whatever. So who's going to collect all this data? Who's going to make the apps? Who's going to get the tech? Well, Israel's going to. Yeah. And it, it's mostly from uh, Rockefeller, Bloomberg, and a guy named uh, Ronald Cohen. And Ronald Cohen's known as the father of uh, investment capitalism. And now he's doing impact capitalism. Mm. Oh, <laughs> what a surprise. About, uh, you know, social impact. You know, Klaus Schwab's yeah, big thing is the next – Capitalism will be biocapitalism because we'll be investing in humans, or I'll be uh, investment capitalism. This will all be about social impact. And Israel will be the impact nation. It will control the entire globe's impact information mm-hmm. uh, how much food you take, your health, everything. All these biometrics that we're talking about mm-hmm. will go through Israel and they'll control all the data. And I, I mean, it, it's actually it's pretty phenomenal if you think about it. But they do they they should be in control of most of the world within about twenty years. I mean, it's uh, yeah. it's well, it's pretty decent. I don't I don't not I mean I don't not believe that they've been working on this for a long time. Well, I mean, it's a new form of capitalism, biocapitalism, and uh, I, I mean they're already doing it, and it's for good. You know, their their tag is technology for the good. Mm. So, for instance, they're getting uh, a bunch of like stoves in Chile, but they're they're giving it tech, so you see how much heat they use 
how much pollution each stove will give. And, uh, you know, you'll have a social impact of each stove. And the UN gives money for this. It, you know, because in the future, it'll be, you know, most people won't have money, you know, like sure. Paul Schwab says, you know, you'll own nothing, but you'll be happy. So this is about managing people. But you need tons of tech to manage people, you know. You need to have all this information. And, uh, you know, human beings will be the new investment. I mean, it's a little complicated, but, you know, basically they're, they're going to have tons of technology, tons of tech, and all this AI, and Israel is poisoning themselves. I mean, it's pretty brilliant. I mean, someone has to do it. And, uh, you know, might as well be Ronald Cohen and the Rockefellers and Bloomberg. And, uh, you know, and they have uh, Bloomberg right now. I'm in New York, so they have these big uh, billboards that say, uh, what works cities? And the idea is to have kind of a techno city where everything will be data driven, hmm. um, you know, how much food you eat, uh, your health, and um, it'll give real time information. So um, uh, it, it's actually pretty frightening. There, like, like right now, Israel's developing something called health coins. So um, you get insurance dependent on what your health is. So you can smoke if you want. But you'll have less health coins to spend oh on your boy. insurance, on your medical care. So and that's kind of how it's interesting. Goes. Interesting. So everybody gets everybody gets See, the same quality stuff. quality health care, but not the same quantity because is it something like that? You don't get as as many health care credits. They don't get the same quality health care. No, I'm just um just like speculating that like if like if you have like say you know I get a thousand health coin for you know I'm a non-smoker uh, and you're a smoker you get five hundred health coin right I, mean, I guess that would be like the thing like and I would get more tokens to use towards my health like towards healthcare I guess yeah they're actually yeah. they're yeah they're doing some of this right now I mean for instance they have these uh, biometric uh, wristbands for people with diabetes mm. and, um, and, and you, uh, they're doing this in Philadelphia right now. And so if you want to get healthcare for your diabetes, you have to wear these wristbands and these wristbands give information of how much you're eating and they track and everything else. And, you know, it, right now, if you, you still want to be unhealthy, you can, but the point is you at least right now have to wear these wristbands just to get health care. And uh, the, the point is in the future, though, they call it tech nudges. So they want to nudge you towards health, you know. Well, so, you know, if you're smoked. Well, that's interesting because everything in society is geared towards making you unhealthy. Everything in this technological society I, I that we're know, in now. I know. So it seems like it'd be like an opposite sort of a thing. Like it would, it would like want to keep you, you know, maybe it's but like it's, measuring all your biometrics, but it's making you go to McDonald's. <laughs> until you can go to a certain point. Well, see, that's the thing, you know, you know, to make money, you have to have a bunch of unhealthy people. You have to, if you want to make these diabetes bracelets, you have to have people with diabetes, right, right. So it's so you you don't want to cure people of diabetes, then your business will go belly up. You you need people with diabetes, so it's kind of like you want to profit off people's unhealth. But you certainly don't want them completely healthy, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. 
And so that, that's kind of like one of the things that, um, uh, I, I mean, there's kind of frightening tech. Like there's one app called right now called Mama App. And it goes on your computer and uh, it's, it's in prototype right now. And um, if you get in the system and you have a young child, uh, you know, say you have like, a, a, you know, you get in trouble with the law because you're smoking crack or something. This app, it goes on your computer and it, it can notice your child's face. It has a biometric facial recognition and can measure distress on the child's face. And uh, if the child's under a lot of stress and it reads that, then you have to take more, uh, you know, parenting classes and whatnot. So well, all this technology and the state pays for it, okay. it's privatized healthcare, basically. But, you know, if you're in this tech company, you certainly don't want uh, everyone to smoke, stop smoking crack because then you won't be able to sell this tech, you know? Sure. You need to sell this tech, you know? So, you know, you, you don't want everyone completely healthy, you know? Right. You say, well, you say, you say smoking crack. Now, um, considering that these, you know, the usual demographic of crack smokers are also really prone to not being recognized by facial recognition software, um, I don't know how they would uh, really measure distress on those kids per se. Um, that'd be some really, really good tech. I guess that's a, along the similar line of why they test facial recognition software in China, because literally everybody looks identical. So if the software works there, it'll work anywhere. Yeah, that actually makes sense. You know, I, I mean, but that—that's what you know. That's what I'm talking about, though. You know, the social credit in China—that's pretty much going to be worldwide we kind of have that already i mean if i go to get an apartment you know i mean they check my credit they check that i have a job they check that I have money so there's a little you know it's kind of out there but the future will be completely around i, I mean um uh, like for instance this, this uh tech company a bunch of people you know right now they don't show up for their court dates so they developed a bunch of tech and it goes on an app and it reminds you when you have a court date and it also uh make sure you have transportation will actually hook it up for you it also makes sure if you have kids that social services will come and they'll actually watch your kid while you go to your court date this is a lot of services this is a lot of technology this is a lot of data there's a lot of money you can make if you have a criminal class that needs to go to court you know so that's kind of why it's like profiting it off all these people oh yeah that that's actually an interesting thing, but um, again, the demographics of people who need that kind of technology, you know, are usually probably have social services involved with their kids in the first place. No, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we're coming up at the end of the first hour. Let's let's do some of your uh, some of your spoopier stuff in the next hour. Let's talk about like I don't know, like what do you guys want to talk about? Like demons and aliens and stuff, maybe. Okay. Reinhardt, you there, buddy? Hello? I don't know if we lost Reinhardt or not. I oh, we... sorry. It was mood. Damn sorry. Muted. Damn it. <laughs> all right. Next hour, aliens, no, demons. Can, Sound good? We can talk all that. All right. Sure. Well, we'll be back. Uh, we have a song. I'm sure we do. I don't know. There's there's bound to be something. Um, Jack, find us a song. And we'll be back after this. At a top robotics company in Japan this week, four robots being developed for military applications killed 
29 humans in the lab. And they did it by shooting what he called metal bullets. I didn't know there was any other color. The scariest part is that lab workers deactivated two of the robots, took apart the third. But the fourth robot began restoring itself and somehow connected to an orbiting satellite to download information about how to rebuild itself even more strongly than before. And this, this next sentence, this is a quote, I'm, I'm writing this down, I've been doing this for years. This is serious shit, Linda.
right, everybody, we're back. This is still Paranormies Season 6. Uh, I'm still Johnny Monoxide with Reinhardt von Krieger. Jack, I don't know what happened if he flipped his truck again or something, but Jack's no longer with us tonight. Uh, he'll be back on the next one. Jack had to go tonight. But uh, we're here with Jonathan McCormick. Jonathan McCormick, uh, medium.com is your blog. Uh, you have a website, jonathanmccormick.com. It's got some really cool, creepy artwork on it. We were talking about that during the break. Yeah, thank you, brother. Yeah, uh, your artwork, that's pretty, it's kind of, like you said, it was uh, surreal and esoteric and creepy. And you're, you're not wrong. It's pretty cool stuff. I, we were talking, I was, I'm into some, where we used to be. I don't know if I, if I still am. I still like his artwork. I don't care if it is disgusting and degenerate and whatever. But H.R. Uh, Giger is one of my favorite artists. And we we're talking about transhumanism before. Oof. And one of the forays into transhumanism was like the alien uh, bioorganic thing. And it, it was like a big thing in the 90s was like bioorganic stuff. Like, you know, plants with gears in them. And like, yeah. Uh, you know uh, the aliens. It was, it was kind stuff. of the 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 anarcho anarcho capitalist yeah. uh, sci fi future thing. You know, mm. it was all kind of connected, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, everything he did had like the whole know, Shadowrun like, cyberpunk, all of that. Yeah, that was well. Sh uh, Shadowrun and cyberpunk were like late eighties. Yeah, man, I remember Shadowrun. Holy shit! Yeah, that was like really oh, early. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that was, that was, well, it wasn't really early. I mean, the eighties wasn't that early, um, not that old. Okay. But, uh, no, definitely that transhumanist thing was, <laughs> was a big deal, uh, with, with, uh, with Giger's art as well. Like everything, like everything had gears and, uh, penises and more gears and like that kind of stuff. Uh, dude, dude, the yeah. eggs, come on. <laughs> the what the eggs yeah every yeah everything he did everything he did like even even like uh as dumb as the microphone stand he did for jonathan davis from corn like that was like had like skulls and gears and Dude. bones and you know what i mean everything but yeah so the transhumanism I mean, that, was, that was definitely cool as hell sure wow <laughs> sure sure De <laughs> yeah. big art prop but uh, well, okay, it's anyway. as cool as what's his name, the drummer for a perfect circle doing the entire like flower of life, um, actually drumming like using the the uh the centers in his drumsticks. Oh, I don't even know, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I don't know, you mean Danny Carey from Tool drumming in like sacred geomet geometric oh, patterns? Oh, tool. Yes, All right, yes. Just as bad. Another one of Maynard's. Another one of Maynard's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We're not getting into that. But uh, Jonathan, um, this whole transhumanist thing, it goes back, uh, speaking of sci-fi, um, a guy named L. Ron Hubbard in Scientology, uh, he's got a lot to do with this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, L. Ron Hubbard, you know, he wrote tons of science fiction. Mm -hmm. You know, he wrote that book, uh, Battlefield Earth, which has turned to that crappy movie. That's a horrible with, um, movie. You know, what's his name? But yes. uh, and he's yeah, he's a Scientologist, too. But, uh, you know, we're talking about the future and transhumanism. And, and, you know, we were saying that, you know, you have to have a mythology to go along with it, a narrative. You know, if you're a Christian who thinks that we're made in God's image, 
you're not going to turn yourself into like some freakish, uh, you know, AI geared out freak. Right. You're going to want to keep your human form. But so the future is kind of like um, it'll be like kind of a scientific religion. And of course, Scientology is kind of like was the first stab at it. And it kind of made sense. So, you know, L. Ron Hubbard, he wrote all this science fiction, chemo Scientology. And, and, you know, we know now that it actually has a lot to do with aliens. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard thought he was the Antichrist. And uh, even in Scientology, they have the idea of like Thetans and, you know, reincarnated aliens and a lot of bizarre stuff. Well, it's funny you call Scientology the first stab with Christianity. I would say that Darwinism was the first real stab. Yeah, yeah. Darwinism was was the first real – like the evolution situation was really the first destruction of the origins of humankind. I mean he called it literally the origin of man. Um, Origin of the species. (laughs) Destroying – or origin of the species. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Call – he he rejected mankind to an animal to nothingness saying you were going to die you were going to die and evolve to the next animal the next species because that's how this goes um with no endpoint right sure well yeah no absolutely. so now how does how does hubbard reach into that how does scientology reach into that well, because, uh, you know, I, I mean, you're right. You know, Darwin was the first, but Darwin really didn't make it into a religion. But right. uh, not until atheism. Though, that was the seed. Not I mean, until atheism came around. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, L. Ron Hubbard, you know, he, he kind of saw where everything was going. Mm. And so he kind of married, you know, the atheists and whatnot. They'll believe in any religion as long as you call it science. So <laughs> yes, if right. you call it Scientology, <laughs> you know, they'll worship the AI God as long as you tell them it's not a religion, it's a science, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, right. I mean, people, people worship anything as long as you don't call it a God, call it a machine, call it whatever. So everyone Hubbard is pretty smart to call it Scientology. This is science, you know? Uh, you know, don't tell me this is, you know, <laughs> it's funny. It's like, this is science, by the way, you know, I'm the antichrist and, you know, <laughs> right. By the, oh by yeah. By I the forgot way, about that part. Fantastic looking jackass. Just, uh, just tried to, you know, give birth to the whore Babylon. <laughs> I know. Well, that's so crazy because yeah, I, I mean, it, see, see the other thing that hooks in with Jack Parsons and, and you know, probably people yeah. know. Jack Parsons, you know, he made the Jet Propulsion Labs. It's like in the 40s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was big, uh, you know, he got NASA off the ground. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, he was, that's he a was, really good it, joke, by the way. Getting NASA off Crowley's the ground. He was brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think he was Crowley's brother, but it was the main No, 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 he wasn't his he brother. Was, he was yes. Crowley's number one acolyte. He was Crowley uh expect had actually said that Jack Parsons was his replacement. Um like he was he was the next mm-hmm. step along the way, along the way. Yeah, Jack Parsons was really disgusting. Yes, no, but he, that was he was come on. going to be his replacement. Can I can, can I I'm giving Jonathan credit for the getting NASA off the ground joke. Oh, sorry. Come on. Johnny. Yes. <laughs> He stepped on. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Well, Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons was a weird guy. 
He actually claimed that when he was eight years old, he met the devil. He yes. uh, did like a little ritual and he met Satan. Um, he also claimed that he had sex with his own dog. <laughs> and he also claimed that he had sex with his mother while having sex with the dog. He had a threesome with him, his mother, and his dog. Yeah. That's what he claimed. We, I, I actually believe him. I do too. Um, no, a lot of the stuff that Jack Parsons know, talks about is is nuts. We had a uh, we did an occult NASA origins episode with John Fashcroft and got pretty far into Jack Parsons. He's a pretty nasty individual, was very much into uh Thelema and sex magic, and so was L. Ron Hubbard and their girlfriend. And off the top of my head, I can't remember her name, but the one that they tried to make the the moon child with. But yeah, these guys also yeah. I just have to say the the Go ahead, Johnny. No, no, you, no. You were gonna say I was done. I said the moon child. That well, was my last thing. The oh, sorry. the The first half is do without will. The second half is um do without will. The will to power. Do without will to power shall be the whole law. Hmm. It's it's Crowley Nietzsche together. That is the entire. Um the satanic law that these guys that that Parsons Hubbard, all of them have just, they they've corporatized together. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I mean, it's basically Nietzsche. If Nietzsche was a black magician, you know, and that's what magic and the occult is really about in religion. You want to conform yourself to reality and you conform yourself to God because you think there is some kind of logos or reason or mm-hmm. or down the world. But in magic, you want to conform the world to you. You want to change reality to you, you know, and that's right. basically, you know, we're talking about A.I., uh, you know, science and, and the occult, they kind of have a connection. C.S. Lewis used to talk about it because, you know, back in the day in the Middle Ages, science and, and magic were kind of the same uh, it's just science works, so we kept going with it. But, you know, with AI and nanotechnology, we will be able to do whatever we want, you know? And and so, you, you know, you're, you're right. Um, but, uh, yeah, Parsons was, was like a weird, weird guy. Yeah. He, um, L. Ron Hubbard lived with him in the house. Mm-hmm. And they had, you know, weird sex parties and everything. And they did go out in the desert, and they made, uh, you know, the Babylon working. And they tried to incarnate the whore of Babylon. And this was supposed to bring about, you know, the end of Christianity. And um, Jack Parsons, you know, it's funny. L. Ron Hubbard said he was Antichrist. So did Crowley. And, and so did uh, Jack Parsons. Yeah, at one point he said, I'm also the Antichrist. But uh, he actually did try and do that. Supposedly he was successful in this Babylon working. And the interesting thing is a few days later was the first UFO sighting in 1947. Right. And believe it or not, yeah, believe it or not, actually he was asked about that, Jack Parsons. Um, uh, Nick Redfern uh, wrote a book Hmm. called Collins Elite. And the Collins Elite were basically a bunch of Christians that were happened to work in the CIA. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they kind of uh, were asked to look into the UFO thing. But uh, at one point, Jack Parsons stole a document and the government thought he might be working for Israel and that mm-hmm. maybe he's selling the uh, the information to Israel. 
And um, they didn't they didn't catch him doing that. But they were suspicious enough to take away all his privileges and, and revoke all his clearances. He used to have top clearances in the government. Sure. Um, but when they asked him. Uh, when they asked him about Israel, they did ask him, like, so, you know, do you think what you've been doing at your house have anything to do with the UFOs? He told them no. But then later, he told someone else that he thought the UFOs were would had something to do with the Crowleyite religion, you know? and <laughs> As it, if he didn't know. Right, you know? Yeah. And Crowley himself, you know, he wrote about, he said, like, you know, oh, Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard are uh, – you know, they opened up a portal and they didn't close it. He actually kind of thought they were kind of like idiots. He couldn't believe they were trying to do this. Right. Uh, that was right. the thing. They did it at Loch Ness. It was a home that actually, uh, what's his name from uh, freaking Led Zeppelin? Jimmy Page. Uh, Jimmy Page bought the house later Jimmy on. Jimmy Page, yeah. yes. Yeah. That actually burned down over yeah. Loch Ness. Um, it was supposed to be a house that Aleister Crowley himself had bought and started some kind of ritual that was supposed to, he was supposed to defeat the Lords of hell or overcome the Lords of hell. And he left in the middle of it. Uh, this was in the thirties or forties, somewhere in there. He left and went to London and just left the entire thing undone. And that entire house just, it just went through, Crap after crap after crap, and then Jimmy Page bought it, and his daughter was living there, went and bought groceries somewhere else, and the entire house burned down. Hmm. That was it. Interesting. Well, not only that, but you know, J- Jimmy Page, he was deep in the occult. If oh, you yeah. Look at, yeah. Well, that was why he bought it. His content. That's why he that was why he, that was why he bought it because he was uh, a thelemite and was into all that kind of like look at look at all yeah. the look at all the yes. like the, the zofo and all that stuff on the album covers of Led Zeppelin and it was all the esoteric occult symbolism and sigils and all kinds of shit. Zofo, you mean zoso yeah. or whatever the fuck? Well, I, his, I can't look stand at his Led Zeppelin. So. He's doing all these weird hand motions and everything. He's actually trying to invoke. He he said this Enochian spears. You can see him doing this right. weird things. He opened up an esoteric store, an occult store, a bookstore. Yeah. And uh, after his he his son died though, and he kind of credited that to his involvement with black magic, and he, he shut down the store eventually. So, uh, Jonathan, what do you do? You know anything about um? Uh, what are they at the drive-in? They're a, they're an old esoteric band from like the early two thousands. Um was at the drive-in and Mars Volta. No, I love Mars Volta. Yeah, Mars Volta. So Cedric and and whatever his his partner's name was, uh, you know they they actually got a uh, an old Jewish Ouija board. Really? And actually, yeah, yeah, they wrote two albums based off an old Jewish Ouija board um, that they. <laughs> They actually summoned demons out of this thing and wrote two albums, destroyed the thing, burned it, realized that burning the thing was the worst decision <laughs> they could have ever made, and they gave in. Yeah. Hmm. No, Mars Volta and At the Drive In. Uh, Cedric and I cannot remember for the life of me whoever his partner was. Uh, 
Well, Mars Volta is definitely kind of esoteric. I, I can, I can. Oh, definitely. You know? I mean, I, I dig them. I love them. But yeah, there's that weird occultish vibe, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, they have. It's funny they, you mentioned the Ouija. What? No, they definitely, they, yeah, there's definitely some occult stuff to, to a lot of these bands. Mars Volta is. So, what? There's a lot of similarities. It's actually uh, the Bedlam in Goliath. The, is bed- the, the worst one. The Bedlam in Goliath? Yep. The Bedlam in Goliath was. Hmm. That is one of their best albums, musically speaking but it's it's actually one of the worst it 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 is completely demonically inspired wow, it's terrible. I, yeah but i totally see that you hear the like guitar riffs you know this go on and on they kind of like go into this frenzy you know i know like, it, it you know you hear remember like all those old folklore like oh that violinist that fiddler sold the soul of the devil you kind of see the yes same- frenzy in their music and kind of sweeps you up i get swept up in their music i mean it really is kind of uh you know you definitely get your passions up and everything i, I could totally see that exactly there well you have the devil's fifth um which they've used several times but you have like the the uh the stories of you know everyone selling their soul to the devil um that that seems real. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's funny. In their, because, in their uh, regard, that yeah, is real. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Well, you hear rappers say it all the time. I mean, Jay-Z, like, mm. like, unironically was like, yeah, I saw right. my first devil. You know, who cares? You know? You see, like, Beyonce, like, dressing up like, uh, you know, the, the mm-hmm. whore of Baal, you know, these horns mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, like, good Lord, like, these rappers. I mean, they're very conscious of it, too. But it seems just, like, endemic, you know? And of course, this is like what's pumping into like kids, you know, ears and everything, just completely destroying them. And you know, it's funny, like I, I you know, like you hear these like fundamentalist Christians being like, "Rock and roll is of the devil." And like now that I'm older, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, that's kind of true in a lot of times." Yes, like, damn, it kind of is. <laughs> no, you're right. It yeah. is all the all the yeah. things, all those things are technically of the devil. All those. Like the like, you know, if you go back, Eric Stryker would say that all four four music is of the devil. All four four time. I will I will say this: Stryker is not freaking wrong. I've been going through that for the past two weeks, and he's not wrong. Now, hair metal and all the oh god, it's, dude, it's been insane. The whole nineties eighties metal. <laughs> what are you gonna? What are you? It's crazy. With the tranny stuff or what, or the satanic stuff, or both? Tranny stuff or both? And tranny and satanic stuff. Mm. It's both. Of course it is. Because of course it is. Because of course it is. Because of course it is. Um, back to uh, wow, man, we we've already veered off into tranny stuff again. Oh man, I know. It's all right. So. L. Ron Hubbard, uh, the reason why the reason why we brought him up in the first place um, was his, his. You wrote about him in your uh, your Great Reset article, right? He was in there, the interview with his son, right, from Penthouse. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well that's the thing. So L. Ron Hubbard, you know, he, he did this Babylon working, this that, the other thing. 
So then, you know, you get his son in this penthouse article, his interview with him. And his son, I, I couldn't believe the things he was saying. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, my dad, Elron, you know, he's really into black magic. Uh, drugs were really involved in there. He did all these satanic rituals. Uh, all of Scientology is black magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and he, you know, he, he's saying about, you know, he actually incarnated spirits and he described them. He said it's less like possession. It's more like these spirits are cracking your soul open. That's what got me. Yeah, that phrase. I was like, yeah. Well, and the way, but, okay. Uh, you know, now, the way that these people get possessed by these things, uh, according to Crowley, the best way to do it is through the Golden Arches, which is this. <laughs> which, did you guys, you guys know what the Golden Arches are, right? It's not McDonald's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's butt sex. Uh, we're just gonna. God, we're in the second hour now. It's See, butt sex. Huh? Here's no. Um, here's my. Hang thing. on. Hang on, right um, Did you this situation? All right. Go ahead. No. No. Go ahead. Do, no. No. Do Johnny. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Please. Go. Well, we were. Ta- I was talking hey. about the whole thing about getting possessed by these demons through these rituals. So. L. Ron Hubbard was having his son be possessed by things using the golden arches. So L. Ron Hubbard was basically having butt sex with his kid to get him possessed. What if what if his kid wasn't possessed by demons? What if demons are not aliens? Well, well, I, I, mean, well I wouldn't say it was Jack an alien. Had sex sex. I'm sorry. No, what did you just say? Well, I was just saying Jack Parsons and uh, L. Ron Hubbard had homosexual sex as part of the Babylon working, you know? Yeah. And uh, Jack Jack Parsons writes in his diary that he would jerk off while L. Ron Hubbard would read uh, occult texts. Yeah. Everything they did was like disgusting, perverted, homosexual, degenerate. Like it sex, incest, disgusting. like with well, his I, kid. He said the kid said he put I, barbiturates I in his chewing gum. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's pretty deep. I mean, you know, that, that's like that's deep. that's freaking huge because chewing gum back in the fifties, sixties already had some weird stuff in it, <laughs> and then you're putting barbiturates in there. All right, now you're <laughs> like, thinking about oh the coca. You're thinking about the Coca Cola, <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, obviously no. Um, all right. So John, one thing that I wanted to ask you when it comes to all of this, the Elron Hubbard, um, Jack Parsons, the Babylon working, all of this with UFOs, Nephilim demons, Nephilim and demons, of course, being spirits of these disembodied offspring of fallen watchers and human women do you believe that they are aliens do you believe they're masking themselves as gray aliens in yeah. small bodies uh giant eyes giant black eyes um taking human beings doing what they do do you believe that they are aliens yeah, I do. I mean, you talk about butt sex. I mean, one of the things is, uh, you know, the aliens are always abducting people. And what do they do? You know, anal probes and everything. 
I mean, not for nothing. We have the technology to take DNA samplings without raping people. You, you don't have to do that, you know. And these uh, aliens are so advanced, you know. But, you know, Aleister Crowley, you know, drew that picture of Lamb, the uh, the, uh, the the entity that he kind of uh, manifested. And it looks exactly like a gray. Mm-hmm. And uh, even when Elrond mm-hmm. Hubbard's son was talking about, like, all these entities, it's like cracking your soul. That just... To me, it sounds like Whitley Stryber, what he went through with his abductions, it sounds, you know, he talks about how his soul was like sucked out. And even John Mack, the Harvard psychologist who, uh, you know, interviewed all these alien abductees, he said a lot of these thought these uh, aliens were actually trying to grab their soul out, you know? And so. Well, it, well John Mack actually, he, he actually created several points. Uh, in favor of this being a physical situation, of the abduction phenomenon being totally physical, not spiritual. Yeah, it's true. The weird thing is I've read a lot about it. First of all, no one knows what's happening, but, you know, Jack Vallee, you know, he's really (laughs) salient. He kind of says, like, it's something in between because, you know, like 90% of the time, these people seem to be kind of in a trance or, you know, something like that. But then there's clear physical effects. I mean, these people actually have physical things done to them. Exactly. That's See, that's my entire point is these UFOs, and I've had UFO experiences before, um, as have many. Mm-hmm. But well, I had one when I was one a thing that. Wait, what, Johnny? I've I said I've had one, but it was way back when I was a kid. Okay. I mean, do you want to share it? Oh, or I've, is I've this already... like a Paradormis campfire? No, I've I, I've told this story like three or four times, like but yeah, in earlier seasons. It's okay. Yeah, no. It, we've all we, we did we did UFO stuff here. I've yeah, we've all had UFO experiences. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> I my personal thing is Christians want to believe that uh, demons are masquerading as aliens. I believe the opposite. I believe that there are other beings out there in the universe, and I believe in, in a flat stationary Earth. I believe in the firmament, all of that. But I believe there are other beings out there in other realms and outside our ice wall, whatever they may be. Um, but I do believe that aliens, extraterrestrials exist and angels are part of that. And they do have the power to masquerade as other things, but they don't have the power to change into random nuts and bolts spaceships. They, they can't do that. Yeah. So well, that's... these random weird, these random weird spaceships, they, they're either stealth bombers, whatever, or well, they're yeah, like something else. Jacques Vallée's theory, right? <laughs> that the spaceships are okay, the technology, right? Right. They are technology. Yeah. They are real. They are physical. Alien abductions. Are physical. Well, they are not of, stopped. 
I, I kind they of they're not stopped. Well, hold on. By spiritual I, the, actions. The alien abduction thing. Now, Jonathan, you were saying earlier about how there's always like some sort of sexual probing, or like uh, who is it? Was it Jacques Vallée? It's a breeding that? program. Well, a breeding program is that what you said? Yes, it is a breeding program, just like Genesis Six breeding hybrids. Okay. Well, well that that's that's actually yeah that that's very yeah. There, there's the book by David Jacobs. Jake, J- David Jacobs is one of the big UFO guys. There's only like four guys that actually are you know respectable. David Jacobs wrote a book called The Threat, and uh, another one. And he he said like you know there's aliens are coming. They're um, mating with humans. They have these hybrids. And, um, you know, believe it or not, I actually talked to some of these women who claimed that they were abducted and, uh, you know, there's been some specials on them and believe it or not, they're actually like pretty damn good looking girls. Like you think they'd be like 300 pounds. Like, yeah, the aliens are coming for me. No, actually, (laughs) hold on. Why why would you think that? Why, Why would you think that they were coming for the big 300 pounders and not the hot chicks? Just out of curiosity. Well, no, I, I was I, see. I, I figured that three hundred pound hot chicks would would be telling these fake tales oh, that okay. like okay, you know fucking late. So they're probably like oh. hallucinating. You know. See, the but problem is the the reality <laughs> is is even a three hundred pound ham beast can still a three hundred pound female ham beast can still get laid. Unfortunately. Well, no, it's it's he's right. It's definitely not about attractiveness it's about genetics it's about us right period well now now to be fair looking at the usual suspects for alien abduction stories they're not exactly uh the pinnacle of the uh you know what would be considered the ubermensch uh normally you know that's just what i've seen in the media Uh, true but one one interesting thing, John, have you ever seen how they are, they're genetic? How one guy may have been an abductee and then his grandson, his son. Oh, yeah, that, son. that does happen. Yeah. Yeah, like epigenetic abductions. Yes. Yeah. So many times. Yeah, it, it um, runs in families. If, if you're getting abducted, most likely your son will get abducted. And if you ask around, probably your father and even grandfather, even though they never told you. So this absolutely runs in families. You know, you talk about genetics. The interesting thing is, you know, Daryl Sims is called like the alien hunter. Right. And uh, I actually talked to him. And and, uh, he he says that 40% of all abductees are of Irish heritage, which is kind of interesting. Oh, so you mean Phoenician, which, you know, is cool. Well, of course. uh, Hang on. The original humans. (laughs) <laughs> that's different, but that's well. That's well, like I'm, I'm Irish. I'm. Well, no, go, go ahead. You're Irish, McCormick. Yeah, you're Irish. Yeah. Well, I'm Irish. I'm a degenerate Irishman, you know, and uh, I, I do have some Italian in me, so I'm part black, but I'm mostly Irish. <laughs> Come on. And, um, all right, all right. <laughs> See, I said Phoenician. Um. Now, yeah. hang on. What I was going to say. What I was going to say is. With uh, you said that there's a lot of these abductees have uh, a lot of Irish heritage. Now, a lot of the missing 411 stories have a lot of German heritage. That's interesting that there is a sort of uh, ethnic 
sort of lean um, to how these abductions go. Irish, Irish is one of the big ones as well. Okay. Um, is, uh, yeah, but mostly like Germany is the number is, one. Is, is huge. Irish is huge connecting with so many domains, of course, in Ireland, in mm. the Dead Sea transform along the Jordan River Valley. Uh, but we can talk about that another what, day. What did you, how did you get, yeah, from, yeah. how did you get from, how well, did you get from Irish and being abducted by aliens to the dolmens in Lebanon? Like what? How'd you do that? Uh, Dude, that's they, our world. All right. all right. There is a connection though. No, I, I know mean, there is. I know the there is. But for some guys, it's a long walk for Reinhardt. It's just like, you know, the next sentence. No, so to please, me, I'm going to say, it's the next thing. It all connects. But, I know, uh, I know. You, you I know, know, like in Ireland, you have both the, the fairy abductions. Uh-huh. And believe it or not, if you ask, like, why are the fairies abducting people? The main reason given, if you look at the folklore, is because for genetics, mm-hmm. they say that the fairy race is dying out. Chaucer, 400 years ago, wrote about this. And uh, the fairies are always dying out. They're dying race. And they need humans to breed with, you know? Oh, my God. Right. Dude, and, and- exactly. They, well, the thing, the thing is, they can't rule this world. They, that's the point. They want rule over this world, over Earth. They can't have it. But they can if they mate with us. They have yeah. children, hybrid kids, who can rule th- rule over this world and they can actually give them orders through their children. Well, that, that's the thing. If you look at abductees recently, the last 20 years, the, the, the aliens actually show like on a screen, the future of, um, you know, global warming destroys the earth. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the futures are no more humans. They're just these hybrid aliens. And actually right. the Oxford professor, you, maybe you saw it, it was kind of big. He gave this big speech about how aliens are breeding with humans, so so because global warming is going to destroy the Earth, but uh, these alien hybrids would be able to survive. And actually, a lot of people think this whole AI tech uh, is to pollute the world to make it uh, more like an alien environment, so they can kind of live here and incarnate here. And uh, the other thing is, I, I've talked to people, believe it or not, there's actually tons of people who believe they are alien hybrids. They call them star children. Mm-hmm. Their children are star exactly. children. Exactly. There's, yes. there's organizations where they can get together. They go, Let, bring your star children. We can meet other star children. And one of the things about these star children is they're very autistic. And yes. uh, if they you seem see- to have no empathy, right? Exactly. And autism has gone up like 4,000% in the yes. past 20 years. No Thank one knows why. Well, and right. I, I, it's vaccines, right? Or it's, like it's vaccines, isn't it? That's the story. Well, that, no. that's the, that's <laughs> that's the cover story. I, that could be one reason, but uh, yeah, no one really knows why. I, mean, I do think it has something to do with vaccines. But in the future AI tech world, it's mm. going to be very inhuman. You're going to have to be like an autistic, like analytical type. So, you know, another theory is like, you know, these aliens are kind of breeding with humans to make these kind of autistic hybrids to live in this new AI tech world. You know, Some people call them hub- hubrids. Yeah, hubrids. That's, that's what they call like them. They, they, 
so the entire purpose of these things or the the process is you know people are abducted uh, especially women they're uh they're given these eggs this happens they give birth whatever uh they know what's going on the entire time they are given these children then after they are born they're given them they are taught you know they're they're told raise this child raise them in the ways of the world so they think that you know they're raising a human child this is the single women single mother kind of concept um hope i honestly it's disgusting whether or not they're oil drillers coal mothers whatever they are um but yes they they do this these children and they they actually cannot comprehend the idea of empathy that is the number one concept and none of them can understand well the, the whole idea of autism is very bizarre i mean it is okay there's it is. a weird disease and what it does is it makes you inhuman and, you know, it, it allows you not to have empathy or emotions. What kind of disease is that? I mean, how did that come about? And uh, I've told this, mm. and, and you're kind of, <laughs> yeah, my whole family died. And they're like, yeah, I like cats. And it's like, oh, okay. But, well, uh, yeah. but it, it, it's interesting, though, that um, uh, even the fairies, they'll, they'll, they'll kidnap, they'll say they'll kidnap mothers to raise kind of these uh, half-fairy, half-human children, and they'll return the mothers and whatnot. And this is all in the folklore. Yeah, uh, It's and- funny, this entire folklore happens along uh, a thousand miles in a straight damn line in Israel, yeah. which is really Palestine, also happens along a thousand miles in Ireland. Yeah. Dolmans and <laughs> these guys, yeah, they they say the same damn thing. It's, well, yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about the dolmans, dolmans, technically that word means portal, and uh, the dolmans <laughs> are in Ireland, and those are supposed to be portals to the fairy worlds. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only other place you have technically dolmans is in uh, the Golan Heights in Israel. And that's yes. the Giggle Rafim. The Giggle Rafim, that means the Circle of Giants. Uh, the Rafim. And all of that is a, it's a serpent mound all right. the way through. And it's supposed to be a portal. It's supposed to be, It's if you look at the Giggle right. Rafim, it's old. Some people say it's older than, than the pyramids, but it's at least 3500 BC. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, supposedly the Israelites... They neutralized it by making 12 pillars, each representing one of the tribes of Israel. And uh, there's people that say the whole Syria-Israel thing over the Golan Heights or just are just to get to that portal. It's a circle. You're supposed to journey in it and, and somehow, you know, get to these princes of hell. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it is pretty deep. But, you know, the other piece of it is, you know, we're talking about L. Ron Hubbard and drugs and entities and I actually talked to some of these women that claim that they're abducted by UFOs and have these hybrid children. And I was talking to one of them, and she had articles written on her. And she actually said, like, yeah, a lot of times nowadays, 
she smokes DMT, and then the entities come to her, <laughs> and, and then they, uh, that's how she meets her children now. She doesn't get the UFO. These entities come to her through through DMT. Well, so, you know, that that's... Now, that's actually a thing, though. I don't want to be all like Joe Rogan and like start talking about DMT and stuff. But, but the entities, you know, the mechanical elves and the, you know, the... Yeah, the things they're there. You know, you, you you see them when you do the. I don't. I don't know how you do the. You smoke the DMT. You vaporize the DMT. Whatever you they do, they are there. But yeah. come on, the Johnny, the what? the new age stuff. Oh yeah, come on. Well, it's all satanic. Is that what you're trying to get like, me to say? Like it's it's. Well, no. What I'm, yes, obviously. Uh, what I'm saying is the thing with. Um, with Elwin Hubbard's son, mm-hmm. is he saying black magic is essential with drugs? Well, yeah, it's the same stuff. Well, yeah, black magic and drugs go together to, to absolutely be possessed essential. by these entities, right? And new age stuff—that's uh, that's something that in season six we need to talk about. Essentially, is okay. new age. Okay, we can do that. We'll do that. Um. All right. So back back to the aliens. Back to the aliens and demons thing. Um. Yeah, we're way <laughs> back to the aliens. Well, no, it's like it's where we started with aliens and demons, right? And uh, man, where were we? I mean, I can't even remember. Well, uh, we we were just talking about aliens and demons, but you know the interesting thing is, you know, Jack Vallee kind of says, mm-hmm. you know, he wrote Passport to Magoni. He goes, this is the same thing that's happening, but you know, I think the trouble is people think when people talk about demons, uh, that means spiritual, and people talk about aliens, that means biological. But Jack Vallee's point is, it's in between. Uh, Patrick sure. Harper calls it like liminal realm. He calls it a what? Okay. A, a liminal realm where it's okay. like cause it's almost like you, you know, like Young said, like all well, the UFOs are kind of projections of our collective unconscious. It's almost like these are hallucinations that are unconscious that then spill into reality. You know, it's okay. very bizarre. Um, I, I don't believe that aliens are demons. I don't believe that aliens, UFOs, any of it are demonic deceptions. I believe that alien beings with you know giant gray heads and black eyes all of that uh they're ufos i don't believe that any of it is spiritual i believe it's all physical so what are they then abductions are physical i believe it is a reading what are the grays what are the grays then if you okay so what are the aliens then reinhardt if you don't think that they're demons an actual species. I think that from entirely outside from outside of, okay. So outside of the ice wall or outside of the firmament, our resistance. Yes. Okay. Outside of our firmament. I believe it's entirely selfish to believe that humans, angels, demons, whatever, that we are the only beings to exist i think that's dumb well <laughs> honestly okay it it 
Okay. That's well. That's we kind of. That's kind of. But that's kind of the. But dude, we that's kind of like the science point thing. It's like you know, I'm I'm not egotistical enough to believe that we are it. If you know, if humanity is the peak of existence, then the universe sold itself very short and settled for very little. No, like, the thing. That's is, a very I fucking love science I, sounding. The thing with the I fucking love science people is that. I want to believe in all this cool stuff. No, it's that we cannot discount certain things. Okay. We cannot discount that God has created this universe, that there is this universe that is being created, that these beings have not been created. Mm. We can't discount it. Cannot. Well, at on. this moment, those beings have uh, not been created. Well, those beings exist, so therefore they were created, right? Exactly. That's why I say that there is no chaos or order mm-hmm. out of chaos. Order out of chaos is, well, that could be an entire episode in and of itself, but order out of chaos is a Gnostic idea, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that implies that what was created in the beginning was chaos. No. What was created in the beginning was order. Chaos happened out of order. And then (laughs) order came back through in the form of Christ. But anyways, it was order in the beginning. Uh, well, the thing about the UFO, I have no problem there being aliens, other life forms. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I would hope there is, you know. Sure. But Thank the thing, you. All right. But, but, but the thing is about, you know, if you look at it, uh, I mean, it's a little weird. Like, first of all, even John Mack will say, like, you know, the aliens lie all the time. You know, they'll be like, well, you know, for, so, you know, like in the 40s, they were saying, like, we're from the sun, we're from Venus, right, from, right. Mars. from Mars, from Mars, Alpha the Centauri, cities from, on yeah. Mars or whatnot, this other thing, you know. All of that, sure. But, I mean, so, why would why so, lie? And, so hearing all of that, I believe it's not demons masquerading as aliens, it's aliens masquerading as demons. Okay. Aliens wanting us to believe that they are spiritual. That they are a spiritual mm. deception. Well, but they... Even, pre- even though abductions are physical situations. People are physically taken from their beds, from their towns, from their cars, wherever. Mm. Taken away. They're put back into physical places. These are always physical things. Well, I mean, if that's true, why, if they want us to think they're spiritual, I mean, yeah, Christians, and I get fundamentals Christians, they see demons everywhere, there's a demon under a rock, you know. But why would they present themselves not as demons, but literally as aliens. I mean, they, they go out of their way to point, like, look, I'm from Zeta Reptilian. I'm from Venus. I'm from that. Demons aren't from Venus or Mars or it's, the Reptilian. It's, right. it's using people. They're using people who have great influence 
giving giving that influence. Who has? Who are they using through they, people? What do you mean like by they're using Ron people Hubbard, with great Whoever. Oh, okay. Um. Well, I think I think Elron Hubbard just like contacted. De- I honestly think those people contacted demons. I don't think they were aliens. I think that. Um, oh, I was too. I too. But okay, so if demons aren't aliens, then and aliens are another species, then what are demons? They. All right. Aliens are an entire other species. They use demons. They use religious imagery uh-huh. to mask themselves. It's the exact opposite of what Christians believe. Anyways, demons themselves, mm. they want to masquerade themselves as much as possible. Jinn is one way, and I fully believe jinn are part of the demonic world. Now, uh, Jonathan, you, you've written a lot on gin, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the gin for, for in, in Islam, you know, there's, there's demons, there's angels, Ben, there's gin and some are bad. Some are good. You know, they've even like made their own, um, uh, giant cities in Islam and mythology. And right. there's like four separate worlds of gin, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And, and, they're actually a lot like fairies, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. The jinn steal children. They um, sometimes they, you know, like in fairies, sometimes they'll like steal a baby and like replace it with a fake baby. Mm-hmm. The jinn do that all the time. And in Islam, they have all these rituals to make sure your baby isn't a jinn. It isn't a secret jinn baby, you know. And uh, you know, and, and you know, in Islam, a lot of people do think uh, aliens are jinn too. Um, the interesting thing about gin, though, is because they're they're called they're made from smokeless fire, mm. and a lot of people said that's basically plasma. plasma. And actually, these yeah, are yeah, yeah. plasma beings, and uh, and they have something to do with electricity. And uh, you know, now that we have uh, kind of an electrified planet, that's actually causing the gin to manifest, and they can actually incarnate in electronics. And a lot of the Islamic, uh, you know, believe it or not, a lot of like Islamic scientists believe in, um, you know, there's kind of like backwards people. But, you know, they actually do believe that the jinn are somehow connected to electricity. Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's I, well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, you've always you've always seen like, what is it? The bat, the, one of the bad guys on like the Batman comic or cartoons is like, you know, the electric guy who, who goes through your your electrical wires and zaps, you know, whatever. But that's, that's, yeah, I can see that like electricity. Like it's like an electricity monster. <laughs> the gin. That's why yeah, we would like. And that's sort of, right. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, but you know, electricity has a lot to do with the aliens too, because sure. if you look at the alien abductions, they're off near giant electric uh, plants. Uh, you know, there's mm-hmm. all these UFOs shutting down nuclear power stations mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, and um, to be, you know, to be fair, what exactly is electricity? I mean, I'm an electrician. Like that's what I do for a living. Like I, I put together like large electrical you know, devices with wires and, and conduits and stuff and make them work. Uh, the electricity itself, you know, technically, it's still magic. It's electrons going from one point to another. But, like, 
you know, all all the stuff in the, like you know the the flow of it and how it happens. It's still technically kind of you know magical, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's funny right, though right. because uh, you know Obama had this giant uh, survey done on uh, geoelectric mag- magnetic fields and geoelectric mm-hmm. magnetic storms and how that would mm-hmm. affect people. And it's mostly about how it uh, affect GPS, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But it actually says that it affects t- uh, psychic abilities, telepathy, hmm. that these geoelectromagnetic storms can actually cause out-of-body experiences. And um, there's people, there's a guy, Michael Pressinger. He's the guy who made the God helmet. You know, he put this helmet on. Oh, yeah, yeah, have, yeah, um, yeah, I've heard of him. Some God. I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of him. It really doesn't. It, it didn't do that. It didn't make people experience God, but supposedly make people have out of body experiences and uh, they sense like a presence, you know. So I mean, the theory is that what happens is it, it you know, all, all this spiritual activity we're talking about actually is Jack Lay says this too. It's somehow like all these aliens, they're biological, right? Mm-hmm. But they exist in another dimension, you know. And but but who says they? exist in another dimension if they are biological and the things that people are seeing are nuts and bolts beings Mm -hmm. or craft who's to say that they're from another dimension i mean we've seen the last two years the u.s navy admitted the nimitz incident sure was fully that was fully real well, I, I, I mean, tell you the truth, I think most of the nuts and bolts is, you know, just military tech and advanced technology. And that's but that's what I believe as well. I, I believe that as okay. well. Okay, yeah. so anything, anything nuts and bolts is yeah, military but, tech. Well, anything. not necessarily, not necessarily our military. I mean, you know, like possibly some of that, some of that Naomi Klein back, uh, black budget not, type it's stuff. Not, like DARPA. Angel. It's not. Well, but even even if you think, so there's a lot of UFO sightings. I mean, there'll be one person who sees it and the person next to him won't. There'll be, uh, you know, someone will say they just had, you know, an ad- they just uh, were, were, you know, abducted. And yet the person will be sitting next to him, you know. Right. Uh, but but the person who says they saw this stuff and. Next to them, they say, "No, I I didn't see this," or they did. They corroborate. Well, that happens too, you know. I mean, there are, but it, but even if you think, if you look at a lot of UFOs, you'll you'll see like they're bizarre. They'll they'll change shape. They'll split in two. They'll shrink. Uh, they'll like go into mountains. I mean, like a lot of bizarre things that you wouldn't think a nuts and bolts vehicle would really be able to do. And a lot of people even describe the UFOs. A lot of times they almost seem like they're alive. They may have some sort of, uh, you know, energy. And, uh, I, you know, I, I mean, a lot of it's just lights in the air. And it very much kind of does remind me. So Jack Lay's thing is like, it's not spiritual, but it's not physical. It's something in between. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a technology that's also married to consciousness somehow, you know. So it's like, like it's a technology that somehow affects our consciousness. In other words, 
Fair enough. To me, to me at least, uh, to Reinhardt, it is both. Okay. It's physical, spiritual, and it's a big deal. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that's that's where it ends. <laughs> um. So Reinhardt doesn't believe that aliens are demons, but you you do. Jonathan, you think that aliens and demons could be the same thing? Well, I mean, I mean, it's actually very complicated. If you really want it, it is. I, I believe, I believe, demons are actually the spirits of Nephilim, and they yes. are yeah. disincarnate, okay. and they certainly do masquerade as aliens. But there are also these things called fallen angels or watchers, right? That the mm -hmm. Nephilim come from. Right. And yes. and if, if you wonder what these things are, uh, what is an angel? I mean, what is that? And, and these could be, you know, biological beings <sighs> from another dimension. And they could be aliens. If, if you look at, for instance, the greys. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people, Daryl Sims says, you know, these are clones, Mm -hmm. These are cloned right here on Earth. They have no genitals, you know. They they, they seem biomechanical. Mm -hmm. They're biobots. Uh, the guy who wrote uh, Gregory Corso, that's what he said. He mm -hmm. said the bodies, uh, you know, uh, that they got from Roswell were biobots, that they're biological, but they're also. And so it's almost like uh, perhaps the disincarnate spirits are are you know you know what someone else says you know the the, the discarnate spirits were kind of stealing the the, the graves were made out of human fetal tissue hmm. you know to incarnate right. so they the they spirits, took human fetal you know? tissue and and somehow manifested like a body yeah yeah I mean exactly which is what they've been going for okay. yeah exactly they're trying to incarnate. So they can incarnate in this uh, biobot. It's, it's the entire Genesis Six situation, just on steroids. Well, I mean, a lot of it is. I mean, you call about genetic manipulation. I, I do believe a lot of AI is to create a being that can incarnate mm -hmm. a uh, Nephilim spirit. If we talk about like autistic kids being like almost soulless, right? Now imagine that. Like an autistic steroids that's literally soulless, right? And that can be incarnated, not possessed, literally incarnated. incarnated. Yeah. So, and uh, you know, a lot, lot like like the Collins elite, you know, they believe that uh, you know that our government is in contact with disincarnate spirits, uh, pretending to be aliens. And that these aliens are trying to get them. To mm -hmm. create bodies for them genetically, mm -hmm. so that they can incarnate mm -hmm. uh, right here on Earth. You know? mm. But uh, so I, I think it's complicated phenomena. But I also think you know, watchers are like perhaps biological beings in another dimension, and they, they could have evolved and whatnot. And um, they're different from the spirits of the Nephilim, and a lot of the. Uh, um, you know, like reptilians. I mean, what, what is a reptilian? Well, geez, that seems a lot like, uh, you know, a watcher to me, you know? I mean, that seems a lot like the Apakulu, uh, you know, the reptilians of David Ikiwana, the reptilians that uh, 
all these people are seeing uh, an alien. I mean, it, it does seem like a lot of the serpentine beings in mythology, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, they can manifest here in a physical form, you know, in the right conditions, you know. Hmm. It's, it's complicated. No, I, I, it, it sounds complicated. It, I'm not, I, it sounds complicated. Let's just say that. Um, well, right on, man. We are coming up at the end of hour number two. Uh, and you got anything you want to plug before we take off tonight? Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for coming on, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you, brother. If anyone wants to check me out, just Jonathan McCormack, M-A-C-K, Mac. And, uh, you know, I got artwork and I got some medium stuff in there. But, man, I appreciate it, man. I had a great time. And, uh, you know, it's a great time, brothers. Thank you. Right on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, yes, we are We are officially into season six. Six seasons of this show. Um, talking about spoop and conspiracies and the occult and the esoteric and all kinds of other stuff. Um yeah, we got a lot of stuff to expect this season. We're not going to talk about it now because we've already done two hours. Reinhardt, you want to say anything before we go? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> season Jack's- six. Yeah, Love it. Yes. Jack's, Jack's still not with us, and Dogbot's still not with us, and Brad's still not with us. But they're, they're with us in spirit. Mm-hmm. They'll be with us next week. One more time, thank you, Jonathan McCormick. We're going to get out of here, and we'll see y'all later. All right, no problem, brother. You guys have a good night. Thanks, man. Time travel makes you gay. My cousin recently moved here from Secunderabad, India. On a recent road trip exploring America, we were shooting the shit and exchanging ghost stories and laughing at similarities and differences between American ghost stories and Indian ghost stories when I asked her if she's ever experienced anything supernatural. Her eyes widened and she averted her gaze to the window. Just when the silence was about to be too much for me, she softly responded, Yes. A few. One is troubling. When I was a second year in college, I stayed in an all-girl dorm. I made my friends. We were all very happy to be in school, away from our conservative parents. The hostel was so much fun but it was a very, very old building. Electricity was only put in the rooms. Sometimes, candles were placed along the windows if a watchman was present. But normally, once you left the rooms, you were faced with complete darkness. It's common to wake up someone if you needed to walk down to the restroom at the end of the hall. We all had a childish fear of being alone in the dark. One night, I had to use the restroom. It was about 4 a.m. I went to my friend's bed and tapped her on the arm. She immediately opened her eyes as soon as I touched her. I apologized for bothering her and told her I needed to pee. She smiled at me and hopped out of bed. All the way down the hallway, she laughed and danced. I could not see her at all, but her bangles clanked together loudly as the bells on her ankles jingled softly. It was very calming. I laughed and sashayed my hips down the hallway with her, too tired to match elaborate arm movements. 
She said nothing to me, though occasionally I heard her hum one of our favorite Bollywood songs. The same thing happened on our return. I fell back asleep easily. I woke fairly late the next morning to the sound of men in our room. They surrounded her bed. I bolted up from mine, prepared to protect my friend when I realized they were administrators of the college. I peered over closer. My friend's lifeless eyes were fixated on my bed, the same smile on her face. Suicide. Her time of death was 11.30 p.m., almost five hours before I woke her.